Well, good evening. Hello. Good evening, everyone. Merry Christmas. All right. It's so good to have you all here this evening. We're looking forward to a time of song. We're going to get to sing some carols together. And we're going to get to hear the uh, children's choir sing this evening as well. Um, and we're going to hear mess. We're going to hear around verses of scripture around the Christmas story. And then I'm just going to give a short little uh, devotional about uh, this Christmas season. I want you to keep in mind the reason why we are here. Uh, we're here to celebrate Christ coming in human flesh. Truly God becomes truly man. So worship him. You know, we get so caught up in the perfect gift or the perfect dinner or the perfect family gathering and we forget at times why Christmas happens at all. We're here to celebrate one person, the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to read this passage of scripture as we open our time. In Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 and following, it says this, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. You have multiplied the nations, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as joy at the harvest as they are glad when they divide the spoils. For the yoke of his burden and the staff is on his shoulder and the rod of the oppressors you have broken as in the day of Midian. For every brute was trampling a warrior in the battle turmoil and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. That is the God we worship this evening. Would you pray with me? So Lord, as we begin some time of singing and reading, Father, I pray that you would remind us once again of your Son. It's your desire that we worship him. It's your desire that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So I pray this evening that we would be magnifying Christ and worshiping him and praising him for all that he's done. Uh, so tonight, Father, help us to see him and savor him and glory in him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And with us as we sing, O come all ye faithful. This is a call to worship. You folks are here. We consider you faithful. So please sing. Sing choirs of angels. 
Our second reading comes from Micah, a small little book in the Old Testament. It says this in Micah chapter 5, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephratus, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, for you shall come forth from me, one who will be a ruler in Israel. His coming forth is from old and from ancient days. Therefore, he shall be given up until the time when she shall be in labor and shall give birth. And the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd the flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure, for now he is their great high priest. And at the end of the earth, and he shall be their peace. Junior Choir.
the adult choir and they don't ask me to join the children's choir. I wonder why that is. <laughs> yeah, they did a great job. Thank you so much. Thank you. Our third reading for this evening comes from Luke chapter 2. It says that in, the, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration under the governor of Syria. And all were to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was in the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Please stand again. And we would be remiss if we didn't thank Christina Nolly for directing the children's choir. Great job. And I don't know about you folks, but little boys who are fidgety have a deep spot in my heart. I don't know why that is, but they just have a spot in my heart. So good job, everybody. Good job. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, which I think is probably the best doctrinally complete Christmas carol that we have. Rich in doctrine, rich in our Christocentric thinking. Let's sing that together, please. Mild he lays his glory by. Born 
telling you, I get lost in the, in the content, and I move to worship. Heart alive, brain dead. Okay, so please rescue me. Thank you. <laughs> I love less. <laughs> Another fidgety boy. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Another one up here too, I tell you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying. I need rescuing myself. I thank you, Lord, for sending your son. Luke 2. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field <laughs> watching their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And the angel went away from them into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Jerusalem, to Bethlehem, and to see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things in her heart, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising him for all that they had seen and heard as, in that, as they had been told. Wow. That is an amazing message. An amazing message of hope. We have one more uh, chorus that we're going to sing, and I'll come back. If you haven't picked it up, I believe in joy, so let's sing Joy to the World. Savior reigns, let man 
asking a question why I guess I do it a lot in my counseling so I will ask people why it is that they feel the way they feel or why it is that they do the things that they do I guess I'll ask my students why did you write the paper the way you did uh, there is a um, tendency to ask that question why maybe you've asked that question yourself I want you to consider that question why here on Christmas Eve and I want you to think about it tonight and I want you to think about it again on Christmas Day. Why did Jesus come into this world? Why was he born as a baby? Why did a virgin conceive? Why did he have to die? Why did he have to be risen again? Why was God so angry with us? See, these are questions that are important questions to try to get to the heart of this Christmas story because you cannot separate Christmas from Good Friday or Resurrection Sunday. If you separate them, you'd miss the story. You need to have all three days. The day of Christ's birth, the day of Christ's death, and the day of Christ's resurrection. I want you to consider that tonight. I want you to consider as well three things we're going to look at briefly tonight. I'm going to give you one passage of scripture, I'm going to focus on one hymn of the faith, and then I want to give you one consistent message. One verse, one passage, one hymn, one consistent message. Would you pray with me? So Lord, as we, as we begin tonight, and we ask the question, why, I pray that you would help us to see the reason why your son came. I pray that we would glory in him and magnify him. I pray that we would see him and savor him and praise him tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One passage, one hymn, one consistent message. Well, the passage is Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. And it says this, and I just read it a little bit ago. And the angel said to them, 
Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. I want you to first realize that God needed to reveal things to us. We don't get this on our own. He revealed these truths to us. He sent an angel to us to let us know what was happening. And he reveals through this angel to the shepherds. And it's amazing that he says, fear not. It's a, it's a consistent theme in the, New, in the New Testament and the Old Testament about fearing not. Some 365 times that phrase is in the Bible. Over and over again, it tells us not to fear. And the reason for it is because we are fearful people. Some people are afraid of bridges and planes. Um, people are afraid of tunnels. People are afraid of spiders, snakes, heights, depths, closed in spaces. People live in fear. But the reality is this, that most fear comes down to one of four areas. We're either afraid of each other. We call that, the Bible calls it the fear of man. I'm afraid of your rejection. I'm afraid that you're going to hurt me or leave me first. There's a second type of fear, the fear of loss. We fear that we're going to lose some type of possession, something that we hold in our possession right now. We're afraid we're going to lose that. There's a second fear. A third type of fear is the fear of judgment. We're worried about being judged by others, and we're worried about eternal judgment that God is going to judge us. Or there's a fourth type of fear, the fear of death. So we fear humanity. We fear loss. We fear judgment, and we fear death. And it's that type of fear that God says, fear not to. He gives you, he gives you a proclamation to fear not. Always, I love it that every time that God says, do not fear, he gives you one of three things. And sometimes he gives you all three. He gives you a proclamation, some truth. He gives you a promise, or he gives you himself. And here he actually gives you all three. He says, fear not, for behold, I want you to see this. And then he says, I bring you good news of great joy. He wants you to see and then he wants you to hear something great about this day. So the angel is revealing this truth from God. And he's revealing and he's proclaiming something. Here it is. I bring you good news of great joy, a message of hope. And this is for all people. All tribes, all tongues, all colors, all ethnicities, this message of hope is there for you if you would listen to this good news message, this proclamation. And then he gives you a promise. He says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. And then he gives you a person, Jesus Christ the Lord. So for your fears, he proclaims truth. For your fears, he gives you this proclamation and promise and then for your fears he gives you himself a person so that's the passage the hymn now les was saying a little bit earlier that the great hymn that we just sang in a moment ago has so much theology behind it this is another one of those hymns that we're going to sing in a moment after i finish where it has so much great truth. And we sing it almost every Christian, uh, Christmas Eve. In fact, as long as I've been here, we've sung it as the ending hymn every Christmas Eve, Silent Night, Holy Night. So I want you to think about that, Silent Night, Holy Night. Now, let me give you a little backstory about the hymn. It was written by this man, Joseph Moore, and he was a pastor in the Alps back in the late 1700s, early 1800s. And he was really concerned that there were not very many great Christmas hymns at the time. And he and his friend Gruber, 
And it's so funny, Gruber, um, who is going to compose uh, the music to Silent Night, Holy Night, is actually a long relative of a guy I went to school with and a guy I served in ministry with for a number of years. Roy Gruber and his, his, um, it's his um, family member. So Moore is putting together, they're saying we don't have many Christmas hymns, so they put together this Christmas hymn. Now another part of the backstory, we don't have it now, but there was an organ back then, and the organ was destroyed because mice had gotten inside the organ. So they could not use the organ, so they needed to come up with something else for music. So he writes down Silent Night, Holy Night, and then Gruber puts music to it, and they, they sang it with guitar on Christmas Eve. The people loved it. And then the organ repair guy comes in and he sees the sheet of music and he says, wow, this is great. And he shares it with people and that's why you and I have it today. And that is now being sung in churches all around the world tonight, Silent Night, Holy Night. So that's the backstory of it. I want to just kind of read through the three um, stanzas and I want to give you three points and that's it tonight. So here's the three stanzas. Stanza number one goes this way. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round young virgin, mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Now there's a theme that happens with this hymn. Uh, the first line is repeated in every stanza, silent night, holy night. The last line of the stanza is, is also repeated and he'll repeat it multiple times. So. Uh, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace, Christ the Savior is born, Christ the Savior is born, and then Jesus Lord at thy birth, Jesus Lord at thy birth. So complete, uh, com, uh, com, a line that is continued on the first line and the last line is duplicated as well. So what do we learn of this first stanza? We learn that Jesus' birth was miraculous. It says it was a silent night, it was a holy night, that's not anything um, new. All is calm, which is interesting. During this time, as we were reading, there was a lot of chaos and a lot of confusion, a lot of hurt and a lot of distress going on, but it seemed very calm in the fact that nobody was waiting for the Savior. Nobody was looking for the Savior. It had been 400 years since God had spoken to the people. And they stopped watching. They stopped waiting. And in this night, a Savior is born. But what is miraculous about it is not that only God broke through, but a virgin was with child. Now, all of us know the science and biology behind it. Every one of us were conceived because a male seed came together with a female seed, and that brought us together, except when it comes to Jesus. It's miraculous in the fact that this virgin, who had never been with a man, is now bearing a child. And the child that she is bearing is being produced by the work of the Holy Spirit, and it is the Christ child coming here that makes it miraculous. But there's a second thing that makes it miraculous is this. Jesus' birth was miraculous not only because the Christ child is being born without human opportunity, a male opportunity, but it's also miraculous in the fact that the child is holy. As I look out in this congregation, every single one of you are probably the cutest baby ever. But the reality is every single one of you were born with a nature of sin. You were born broken. You were born unholy and sinful. 
As cute as this baby is, because of the brokenness that came from Adam, every single one of us was born with a curse. Except this one. This child was not only born of a virgin, but this child was holy. And that means, stanza number one, Jesus' birth was miraculous. Stanza number two. Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake, fear again, at the sight, glory stream from heaven afar, heavenly hosts sing, Alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Christ comes in the midst of all the darkness. There's evil rulers that are around. There seems to be a silence that is there. People have stopped waiting and watching, and all of a sudden, these shepherds are in the field, and then out of nowhere, the skies light up. And these angels speak. I would have been afraid as well, but they were. And they heard, and they feared, and they quaked. And what they saw was amazing. They saw the angels there. And they saw the angels worshiping God. So there are two things that I see here. Jesus' birth brought about wonder and worship. Awe. Scriptures actually say that the angels are blown away, their minds are blown away when they think about the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, coming on and taking human flesh to rescue you. Rescue you. They weren't rescued from their sin. Angels that had fallen and sinned, they are going to be damned. You have an opportunity to be saved. That is wonder. And they brought about worship. And that's what happened there. Silent night, holy night, the angel, the shepherds are quaking, but the angels are singing because a Savior is born that night. Just let that blow your mind. The God, who's the ultimately offended one, took on human flesh to come and rescue you and you and you if you trust in him. So Jesus' birth, number one, was miraculous. Jesus' birth brought wonder and worship at the coming of a Savior. But number three, Jesus' birth was a gift of love and redeeming grace. Third stanza. Silent night, holy night. Son of God, love's pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy faith. With the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus' birth was a gift of love and redeeming grace. Now, what's the one passage of Scripture that almost everybody in the world knows? John 3.16. And how does it go? For God so what? Loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because they do not believe in the name of the only son of God. So that's the issue today. There are billions of people that know that we are celebrating this day about Christ's birth. That's not how you get saved. That information alone will not save you. It's that you trust in him as your Savior and Lord. And Jesus came here as a gift of love from the Father. This 
this phrase, Silent Night, Holy Night, Son of God, it tells us a lot about Jesus just in this one little uh, stanza. It tells us that he's the Son of God. It tells us that he is loved by God. It tells us that we are loved because of Christ. It tells us that he is light in the dark world. It tells us that he is holy. It tells us that he shows us his face. He gives us access to his Father. It tells us that he is our Redeemer. What an amazing little passage. He's pouring out information after information. As Moore is writing this, he is just trying to think of all the ways that he can comprehend Christ and the glory, and he puts it together in this hymn that we sing year after year. Be amazed at Christ as you read it. Be amazed at a Savior who was born miraculously. Be amazed at a Savior that created wonder and worship. Be amazed at a Savior that has been given to you as a gift of grace and redeeming love. All right, James, so what does that mean? It talks about the dawn of redeeming grace. A dawn means a new start. Like we have a dawn in the morning, there's a new opportunity for salvation that is here. The new salvation comes by the work of Christ. Christ came here to die for you. So tonight, I wanted you to consider one passage of Scripture, Luke 2, verses 10 through 11, I wanted you to consider one hymn, Silent Night, Holy Night. And I want to end with this. There's one consistent message that is here. The one consistent message, if you didn't catch it already, is Jesus. You know, the problem that we have with Christmas is that we do look for that perfect gift. And we want that perfect meal. And we want to have that perfect time with our family. But we forget about Christ. My birthday was just three weeks ago. What happens if everybody forgot about my birthday, especially my loved ones, forget about my birthday? What happens if they celebrated somebody else on my birthday? Wouldn't I be a little frustrated? If the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, this is his day. It's sad to say we spend so much time focusing on everything but Christ. So there's one verse, one passage, one hymn. One consistent message, Christ. I want you to know this, that Jesus is good news to a sinful world. He, he was crucified, he died, he was buried, he rose on the third day, he ascended into heaven, and he is coming again in glory and in judgment. I, I don't want to frighten you, but I do have to warn you that when Jesus came on his first advent, he came here as a savior. But when he comes again, he is coming as a judge. And the Christmas seasons that pass and the songs that you sung and you say, I walk out and I don't care, I'm just warning you that there's a day that you will stand before God and have to give an account. And there's only one account. I trust you, Christ. That God, the ultimately offended one, sent his son to live for you to die for you, to rise for you. And he is beckoning you, come to him today. I pray that this Christmas season, this will be the season that you will remember that God is good news. Jesus is good news to a sinful world. Second thing I want you to close with is this. Jesus is joyful news to a discouraged and defeated world. You know, Jesus is the great prophet he will speak truth to you. 
He is the ultimate priest. You don't have to sacrifice any longer. He sacrificed once for sin, for you, if you trust in him. He is your great prophet, he is your great priest, and he is the reigning king. Worship him today. Submit yourself to him today. He is actually interceding for you today, if you know Christ. And he wants to build his church, and he wants to reign over all things, even the difficult things in your life. He says, I'm in control of those. I've got the end of the story. I've got the beginning of the story. I've got you. Trust me. Jesus is good news for a sinful world. Jesus is joyful news for a discouraged world. And finally, Jesus is the eternal hope for a hopeless world. Jesus is Lord. The angels knew that. That's why they were in wonder and they worshipped him. The shepherds knew it. They heard it and then they saw the sun. Mary knew it. She treasured all these things in her heart. Do you know it tonight? See, there is one passage, one hymn, but there's one consistent message, Jesus. So, Father, I pray that as we sing this hymn in closing, a silent night here, I pray that this is a holy night. I pray that this is a night where we are so amazed at your Savior, amazed that Jesus was born miraculously, amazed that Jesus, in his coming as a Savior, brought about wonder and worship, amazed that Jesus was a gift of love and redeeming grace, amazed that Jesus is good news for a broken and sinful world, amazed that Jesus is the one for us today. Help us to trust him. If there is a person here that doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that you would open their hearts by your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would draw them to faith in you. I pray that this Christmas season, the greatest gift that they will ever receive is the gift of your son and the gift of salvation. And Father, for the many of us that do know you, help us to worship your son today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand. I love that phrase, we celebrate the dawn of redeeming grace. Brothers and sisters, let's celebrate. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin mother and child (coughs) Tender and mild Sleep in heavenly peace Sleep in heavenly peace Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight, glory stream from heaven afar, heavenly hosting, alleluia.
Hallelujah. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Silent night, holy night, Son of God, love's pure light, radiant beings from thy holy face, with the dawn of redeeming grace, Jesus Lord at thy birth, Jesus Lord at thy birth. Here this evening, it was so good having you all here this evening. There's some refreshments out back if you want to uh, celebrate with us. We look forward to fellowshipping with you tonight. And if you're back here on Sunday, we'll have our worship service here on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. I pray that you have a blessed Christmas tomorrow. Let us walk out of here with this word. Lord, bless us and keep us. Lord, make your face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. Lord, lift up your countenance upon us and grant us peace. Help us to worship your son well today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Be blessed.